This podcast is intended to uplift, inspire, and in some cases, educate you on how to create a life that feels good. I am not a health professional, and the information and advice shared on this show should not be taken in replacement for any information or direction given to you by a healthcare professional. If you or someone you know is struggling with your health or mental well-being, please reach out to a healthcare professional in your area. For more information and resources on mental health support, please visit laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash mental health or see the link in the show notes. Hi there, I'm Laura, a teacher turned creator, and this is Fill Up Your Cup, the podcast with a mission to help you feel inspired, motivated, and empowered to show up for yourself and create a life that feels good. We're putting the personal back in personal development as we navigate this journey of self-awareness, self-compassion, and growth together. Because together, And with the right mindset, we are all capable of change and living a life that truly fills us up. I wanted to bring this topic to the podcast today because I felt really pulled to do so. At the start of the season, I usually sit down in advance and I plan out my episode topics. I leave spaces for episodes that will respond directly to your questions that come from the Listener's Cup. But usually my solo episodes and my guest episodes, I know in advance what topics those are going to cover. And when I sat down this week to record this episode and I looked at my planner, I felt pulled to change it and bring this topic to the podcast instead. And the reason for that is, for me, it's really important to show up authentically and create that connection with all of you and share my own personal experiences and be a little bit more vulnerable sometimes. And also because one of the core, I guess, pillars behind why I create, whether that's on Instagram or whether it's creating an episode for this podcast or a blog post or whatever it is, one of the underlying things that I'm always trying to achieve is to make someone else feel less alone. Because even if the information that I'm sharing with you is something that's familiar to me, or even if it's familiar to you who are listening now, there may be someone out there who this is what they need to hear. And by me sharing it, it puts it out there and it creates that possibility that it might connect with the right person, which is why I wanted to bring the topic of journaling back to the podcast. I have spoken about journaling on the podcast before, a lot actually. (laughs) I have done a whole episode on how to use journaling to navigate big feelings. I often bring journaling reflections into the kind of implementation aspect of episodes when we're putting ideas into action. I think it's a really great tool to help navigate things and then set next steps and actions. But the kind of journaling that I want to share with you today is a more personal practice to me 
that comes from personal experience around this feeling of uncertainty or unsureness in direction or clarity around goals, whether that's personal goals, career goals, relationship goals, whatever area of your life that you might be feeling uncertainty in or a lack of clarity around. I hope that me sharing this side of my journaling practice with you today is going to give you something to help you find some clarity around that and maybe to begin some deeper work on yourself and that area of your life. So I did share a little bit at the start of this year when I did my episode on my goals for 2023. I talked a little bit about what 2022 was for me in terms of a year of personal growth. 2022 was really a year where I did a lot of work around this concept of getting clarity. It's not that it was a concept that I was unfamiliar with before, but it was maybe something I didn't put as much focus and energy on as I did last year because I hadn't really considered the importance of it or I hadn't really considered what a lack of clarity can do in life in general because I've always been a very goal-driven person. So when I look back on my own timeline in life so far, I've always had something that I'm working towards and the working towards that goalpost is often what drives me because that is my clarity point. For a couple of years before last year, that goalpost was getting to a place with my online socials, with my illustrations, with my content, that it could be something I do as my full-time job. That was the goalpost that I was working towards to get to that place where I could stop teaching and do content creation and illustration full-time. What I didn't expect was that after I reached that goalpost, that it would come with so much uncertainty and such a lack of clarity. And that's really what 2022 felt like for me. And I don't share this because I want a pity party or I want to feel sorry for myself. But as I said at the beginning of the episode, I want to share this experience and I want to share my own vulnerability because I know that there are some of you out there who are feeling similar things or who have felt similar things that are listening to this right now. And there's often a great sense of relief in knowing that someone else has experienced what you are going through because that other person becomes your proof it's possible your proof it's possible to move through the feeling that you're feeling right now to know that there's another side to it. So even if that other getting to that other side means a lot of hard work in between, knowing that someone else has come out the other side can often be something that gives us a lot of courage to take that first step towards working on ourselves and this area of life that we feel uncertain around. Our life is structured for us to be goal-oriented. We start school and the goal is to finish school and when you finish school or when you're coming close to the end of finishing school your next goal is to maybe go to higher education go to college go to university and when you reach that goal and you're approaching the end of being at university you have a next goal which is to get a job and when you get into your job you often have career point goals and so a lot of the time in life we have these milestones that are 
keeping us tethered and keeping us focused. And sometimes when those milestones are really big, meaningful moments to us, we never really consider what's beyond that milestone. And that's definitely what happened to me. I had this goal that, to be quite honest, it it felt like such a far-fetched goal when I created it in my mind, which was long before it was ever anything tangible. You know, we see people who have huge success on Instagram or TikTok or social media every single day. And we look at them and go, wow, I, I wish that I could create something online that would be that impactful and that would mean I would get to do that as my full-time job. I'm sure many of you who are listening have had that thought, and I definitely did. I had thought about doing something online that would be impactful enough that it could be my job for years previous to even starting Laura Jane Illustrations. You know, before Instagram, it was maybe a blog or a YouTube channel. And when I started Laura Jane Illustrations, it was actually the thing that I started to distract myself from content creation. It was something for me personally, and I didn't expect it to grow. And so all of a sudden when it did start to grow, then this idea of it becoming something I would do as my job became more real and it became more reachable as a goal. But even then, it still it still felt far-fetched that I could do that, that I could get to a point where I would feel comfortable leaving a job that was predictable and supporting me to go and do something creative instead. So I never really put a lot of thought into what would come after that point. One, because there was a part of me that believed I wouldn't ever get to that point. And so I didn't want to think too far beyond it because just that goal in itself was enough as a dream. And the other part, I think, was just this assumption that when I'd get there, I'd know what to do. However, when I got there, I did not know what to, what to do. So last year, I, I found myself doing this or trying to figure out how to create content and be a digital illustrator full time and all of the extra responsibilities that come along with being your own boss, which is something I had fantasized about for years previous, but never really thought about the realities that come with it. And obviously, being your own boss is a huge privilege. It means that you have more flexibility, but it also means that there's a lot of other things that are unclear and uncertain that come with an everyday job. So I found myself with a great sense of a lack of direction and not really knowing where I was going. And when you don't know where you're going, you don't know what to do next. And It kind of felt like a lot of the actions I was taking were muddy and it was really difficult for me to show up to do this thing that I loved doing for a really long time and actually be passionate about it because I felt like I had no direction. However, the big issue in all of this was I was muddling my way through this year, feeling unclear, feeling uncertain. But I wasn't sure that that's what was wrong. I just knew that something didn't feel right anymore in terms of the work that I was doing. I wasn't as fulfilled with it. I wasn't as satisfied with it. But I didn't know 
why. I didn't know that what I was actually lacking was a sense of clarity. And all of this brings me to how I ended up finding that sense of clarity, but also first figuring out that I was lacking a sense of clarity. And that was through a daily journaling practice. I still was a little bit skeptical about the power of journaling as I'd seen other people talking about it until last year I decided to get myself a copy of The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. This is an old book, by the way. This is a book that has tons of positive reviews online, numerous celebrities who have accredited it to their own creative breakthroughs and who say it's the book that they come back to when they're feeling block. The artist's way at its core is this text in this program. It's a 12-week program. So you have like a chapter that you read every week with exercises to do for 12 weeks. And the idea is that it will help you connect with your inner creative. So if you are a creative person, you can use this as a way to move past creative block. And if you're someone who's always wanted to be more creative, you can use this program to get in touch with what Julia calls your inner artist. So because I had this great sense of unsatisfaction with my work that I was doing, content creation and illustration, I eventually bought a copy of The Artist's Way because I had seen it mentioned a couple of places because I'd seen other creatives talking about it or I'd see it on their bookshelves in Instagram stories and it just kind of kept coming up again and again and I am a person where if some if something's kind of coming up as a sign like that then I do take that kind of seriously and I thought okay this clearly keeps coming up for me and keeps getting mentioned and put in front of me for a reason so I'm gonna buy myself a copy so I did buy myself a copy and I started reading it and I immediately stopped doing it I have only actually come back to following the practice properly about six weeks ago. I'm halfway through it now. However, I bought the book a year ago and I only just now committed to the program. But one thing that I did start doing as soon as I bought the book is what Julia calls morning pages. So as you're reading the introduction of the book, one of the very first things that you get introduced to is these morning pages, which is a daily journaling practice. And she recommends that even before you start the program that you immediately start doing these daily journaling pages because they're such an important part of the practice of the book. So even though all I read last year was the introduction, because I read the introduction and it was recommended to start the daily journaling pages immediately and I had every intention of continuing on, but maybe wasn't in a place where I was ready for it at that point, um, I did start my morning pages. So I started journaling every day and that's really how I fell into this practice of daily journaling and how it kind of opened up more how powerful the practice of journaling as a daily practice can be for your clarity and as a consequence of that also your self-care and your well-being and your sense of fulfillment hey there lovely listeners i am jumping in here in the middle of this episode 
to share an exciting announcement with you. I am thrilled to announce that our first exclusive self-care workshop for our amazing Patreon members is coming up this month. It's time to prioritize you and join me for a self-care basics workshop. On Sunday, June 18th, we will gather virtually on Zoom for an empowering session on how to choose the right self-care practices for you. This is a question that I get time and time again, so I'm really excited to share my unique self-reflection method that I use to help me choose the right self-care for me when I'm unsure about it. It's called my self-aware self-care method and I'll be diving into it in this wonderful session all based around self-compassion and self-discovery. This is a one-hour exclusive workshop where I'll guide you through the power of self-reflective journaling and how it can become the foundation for your self-compassionate self-care practice, which is what we are all about here on Fill Up Your Cup Pod. As a special benefit for our Patreon members, the workshop will be available for lifetime replay afterwards. So even if you can't make it live or you want to rewatch the session, you won't miss out on any of the incredible insights and the transformative exercises because everything will be available to rewatch on our Patreon feed. So if you want to secure your virtual ticket and gain access to this exclusive workshop, make sure you are a member of our self-care squad or feel good tribe tier over on Patreon before June 18th. Simply visit patreon.com forward slash Laura Jane illustrations for all the details on how to join our Patreon community or check out the details in the show notes as well. Remember, self-care is not a luxury, it is a necessity. So mark your calendars, grab your favorite journal, join me over on Patreon, and let's embark on this self-care journey together. I can't wait to see you there. So here are some tips for, first of all, getting started with journaling to make it an actually valuable, meaningful practice and not something that you're doing just because someone on a podcast told you to. How do you make it meaningful for you personally? First tip that I would say is make it a routine or a habit, preferably daily. You don't have to dedicate huge amounts of time to it. How you fit it into your routine is up to you, but try and make it a practice that you are doing repeatedly even if it's for short amounts of time. Because the more you repeat it and the more you practice it, the more value that you're gonna get from it. And the easier it is, the easier it's gonna be for you to see your own patterns, to dig a little bit deeper, and to get that sense of clarity that you are looking for. Because while I might not know what you're specifically looking for clarity on, what I do know is, the more you have conversation conversations with yourself in your journal, the more you unfilter your thoughts and let them flow, the closer you're going to get to what it is that is the thing you want or the thing that's holding you back from getting the thing you want. Because when I started my journaling practice last year, I didn't even know that I didn't have clarity. And it was through that practice of showing up daily and making it a non-negotiable part of my routine and doing this stream of conscious writing and just writing and writing and seeing what came up that this idea of 
lack of direction eventually came to the surface of what I was expressing. The more I wrote about what I was feeling and what I was struggling with, the more I started to see all of the lines pointing back to the fact that I didn't have clarity and I didn't have direction and I hadn't set myself good, clear goals at the start of the year. Before that practice, I didn't even know that that's what was missing. And so by practicing and even by practicing without a sense of direction or a sense of knowing what I wanted to figure out, I still got there in the end. So the more you repeat it, the more you practice it, the easier it's going to be to get that clarity and to get those answers from yourself. Number two is it doesn't have to be on paper. This is another thing that really held me back personally from journaling is I thought that it had to be on a piece of paper in a diary. And while I love bullet journals and I love writing, I love pen to paper, for me, it slowed me down compared to how quickly I can type. And so while I started my daily journaling practice on paper and in a bullet journal, and I went through maybe three full journals before I actually shifted to Google Docs because I had this idea in my head that, real journaling has to be on paper. Long story short, I found myself one day at the start of my daily journaling practice with no journal to write in. And so I just decided to start a Google Doc and I have never looked back because for me, that flow of writing comes much easier when I'm typing and that not filtering myself or not worrying about spelling and grammar and sentences being correct is much easier when I type it. So if that is a block for you, remember it doesn't have to be on paper. Another great thing for it not being on paper is if you just want to use this as a practice for expression and you are still at that place where you don't want this kind of body of work building up around your feelings and emotions. So you can do your set journaling time or your set number of journal pages. And when you're finished, you can just erase them all if it's digital and and just leave it as a blank document to come back to and fill in again the next day. So it doesn't have to be on paper and it doesn't have to be permanent. Number three, which I kind of touched on in my first tip, is that it doesn't have to be for long periods of time. You don't have to sit down and do an hour of journaling every day. You don't have to sit down and do a half an hour of journaling every day. It can be something that you do in short format for five or 10 minutes a day if that's all that you can give to it. But it's the practice of showing up to it repeatedly that has the biggest impact. Not the amount of time that you give to it daily, not even the amount of pages that you write either. I know that what Julia Cameron recommends in The Artist's Way is that it's three full A4 pages daily. But after practicing for a little while, I've even given up the need for it to be three pages because sometimes setting those like benchmarks for yourself limits you more than it liberates you. And so What I would say is it doesn't have to be for long periods of time. Sometimes when I sit down and journal in the morning, it's 15, 20 minutes. Other days, it's an hour. Some days, it's two pages and some it's seven. It's whatever I need it to be. So it doesn't have to be that you're saying to yourself, I have to sit down and do a half an hour of journaling every single day or I have to write three pages every single day. Write what you need to. Some days you'll need to write more and allow yourself. Some days you won't have a lot to write and that's okay as well. And my fourth tip is to use journaling prompts to help you focus your writing and your thoughts. This is really great if you are starting out and 
not sure where to take your journaling or that sense of being vulnerable on the pages of your journal holds you back so you don't know where to start with your writing. Giving yourself prompts or questions that you can use as the starting point is a really good way to get the writing started. And what I've found from using prompts is often I'll have a prompt and I'll start writing in a direct response to that prompt and end up somewhere else completely because it's just enough to get that flow of thought going that I can get clarity on what I'm really thinking or feeling. And you can find journaling prompts online. There's loads of blogs that share journaling prompts. I use um, uh, Chloe Slade's money manifestation cards, which are specifically for money, but have really great journaling prompts to help you get clarity around goals in general. You don't have to focus them around finances and money. And also I use obviously the artist's way, which has prompts and tasks every week that give you journaling prompts, but there's loads of places that you can get prompts to help you with your journaling writing, which of course brings me to my next point. To end up this episode, I want to share with you three journaling prompts that I've been using lately to help me get clarity and maintain that clarity around my goals and my direction. So number one, my first prompt that I use when I'm feeling unclear or when I'm feeling overwhelmed by big emotions is what am I grateful for today? You know how I feel about a gratitude practice. It's a really powerful mindset shift tool. It's a really great one to help get yourself back in a more supportive internal narrative. So it's a journaling prompt that I come back to again and again. It's often a prompt that I use at the end of journaling. So journaling can bring up a lot of big feelings. If you're allowing yourself to peel back those layers, you can go to places that are uncomfortable. You can end up reflecting on things from your past. You can end up reflecting on things you've said or other people have said to you. And it can be quite heavy because you're peeling back those layers. And so what am I grateful for is a really great one to end a journaling session where a lot of big feelings have come up because it has that mindfulness element to it and it brings you back to the present and it also helps you finish on that positive mindset note. The second journaling prompt that I use a lot is what's working, what's not, and why. This is a really great one for getting clarity, even if you don't know what it is that you need to get clarity on. I use this all the time in relation to my work, my daily practices. So when I'm feeling frustrated about the direction that my work might be going in, or I'm feeling frustrated in terms of my workload, recently, like literally last month, I used this because I felt like I was doing a lot of work every single day and every single week, but I would get to the end of the week and I'd feel like the outcomes of that work were very small compared to the volume of work that I'd done. And so I did a lot of reflecting on this question, what's working, what's not, and why? There's the key element, why is this working and why is this not working? You can use that question for anything, work, personal life, your relationship, your friendships, whatever is something that you need a little bit of clarity on, just use this prompt and reflect on it a couple of days in a row and keep coming back to it because the more you ask yourself why, the more clarity that you're going to get. And the third prompt that I've been using a lot lately is what is the thread that connects my past to my now? So this one digs a little bit deeper, but basically what I like to reflect on when I ask myself this is this idea of this thread, what is connecting how I'm behaving now to something that's happened to me before. If I look back and see what are my patterns. So what's the big feeling that I'm feeling right now 
And when did I feel this last? And when was the time before that I felt that? And what is the why? So sometimes we have knee-jerk reactions to things or we feel big feelings around particular things and we don't really understand why. If you are someone who struggles a lot with something like anxiety or fear or worry or even stress um, or low feelings, this is a good question to look at that thread because often, as we know, the way our brain is built is that it uses our past experiences to predict what might happen next. So sometimes things activate or trigger us. And we think about that in terms of PTSD and, and big feelings, big triggers, but also there can be small triggers. This can happen on a smaller scale in terms of things that keep us stuck and we are not aware that we're staying stuck because the reactions are smaller. So looking at when you react to things in a certain way and trying to figure out what the pattern is and trying to follow that thread backwards to find out why this is the reaction that you're having. Because when you understand the why, you can help support yourself to move forward and to unstick yourself and get that clarity on how to move forward. So what's the thread that connects my past to my now? What is the big feeling I'm feeling? And when did I feel this before? I wanted to finish out this episode by reminding you that there is no wrong or right way to practice journaling. People all over the world approach journaling in different ways and still gain great personal results from the practice. So whatever way you want to show up to your journal, whether that's paper or digital, whether it's something that you build as a body of work and keep and come back to, or whether it's something you get rid of, throw out, or delete at the end of your session, remember that your journal is a space where you can get to know yourself. So be open to it. Be open to leaning into the practice, to trying it, first of all, and then to trying different things to find what feels good for you because it can be such a great practice to get to know yourself and to understand how to show up for yourself with self-compassion. I'd love to know if you do journal, if you've tried it before, if you're going to try it, or what your experiences with journaling are. I'd also love to know what your favorite journal prompts are. So be sure to leave me a comment or send me a DM. You can find the podcast as at fillupyourcuppod on both Instagram and Facebook. And I would love to connect with you there and to chat all things journaling. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave a review and let me know. Remember, reviews are so important because they help the podcast connect with even more people so that they can start creating a life that feels good for them as well. And if you haven't done so already, please like or subscribe to the show so you never miss out on new episodes. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, that me opening up and being a little bit more vulnerable with you will bring a little bit extra value, hopefully, to this for you. And I hope that you're going to grab your journal this week and that you're going to do a little bit of self-reflection. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you feel a little less alone in your personal development journey and a little more inspired to do something today to show up for yourself. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast streaming app or platform. And if you want even more weekly inspiration, then head on over to Instagram or Facebook and follow the show as at Pod. Remember, 
you can't pour from an empty cup. So do one small thing today to pour into yours and start creating a life that feels good for you.